Parent of Parenting podcast, where we aim to encourage and equip parents in wisdom with hope in the gospel for the everyday. Your hosts are me, Kristen, and my husband, Pastor Pete. Yay! Yay! (laughs) This is episode two of our inaugural season. And piggybacking off the first episode where we talked about living redemptively and seeking to give and get grace, today we will be furthering the conversation about grace specifically the difference between grace-based versus law-driven parenting and the effects of each. So remember, these episodes are fairly short, but we hope to pack in enough meat in a short amount of time that it might push you to further read, investigate, engage in conversation about, or reach out to us. So Pete, why don't you kick us off by first unpacking what we mean by law or law-driven? Okay, first of all, um, laws are commands are the things that tell me what to do. Um, So obviously the Ten Commandments uh, I would call the big law, but then there's a lot of other exhortations on how to live and what we need to do. And the problem with this kind of an approach to parenting is we think that by giving our kids law, by giving them rules, by giving them the regulations, that it will actually cause them to do it. (laughs) And that's the problem right there because scripturally God never intended the law to be something that we can do. Uh, It's to show us what we can't. And Paul tells us that the law was given in order to lead us to trust in Christ. And so when we approach uh, parenting through the law, through the rules, through the regulations, We tell our kids what to do, and then they learn how to do it and think that because they externally obeyed that they're okay, and that's not the purpose of it. So when we say law-driven, we mean that you're not exposing your children's hearts. You're just concerned about their behavior and that they conform to some code or some standard that you've set for them. And so then it's really easy to look at our kids or other kids and think that they're good kids. Mm -hmm. Y'all can't see them doing air quotes, but based (laughs) on their performance or their adhering to the law. But, um, you know, their internal motivations and desires um, may be very sinful in why they're abiding by the law. Or um, a lot of times they learn to be really sneaky because they know what the expectation and the our law is. And so um, they have a lot of secrets and they hide a lot from us. Yeah. And we're conditioning them again. Ultimately as parents, what do you want? You want your kids uh, to be motivated out of the love for you. Um, But today, because when we go with the law driven method, uh, we're producing kids whose motivation for obedience is either fear of punishment. If I do this, then I know I'm going to be punished, or hope of reward. If I don't do this, then they're going to be really pleased with me. So their motivation is fear uh, of punishment and hope of reward, and those are unbiblical motivations. Well, and inadvertently, that teaches them how to relate with God. They Mm -hmm. think that they have to hide from God if they've done wrong. Yep. Or they think they're deserving of blessing because they've obeyed. And I know, I mean, I remember as a teenager, I thought, you know, like, why didn't I get this? I mean, look at what I've done. I go to church and I do all the right things. So I should get blessing. Exactly. 
And so it's not love for God, it's to get stuff from God. And then the danger is when things don't go your way, the first thing you do is you get mad at God. And then you begin to think, I deserve because I did this. And again, that's not grace. That's contrary to grace. Um, Grace gives where the law cannot. The law can only demand. Grace is what gives. The law can only condemn. It cannot save. The law can only kill. It cannot give life. And that's where the best illustration is this, is that if I'm... Uh, if I have dirt on my face, uh, I go to the mirror and the mirror shows me the dirt. It shows me where I need to be cleansed. Now, after I realize that my face is dirty, I don't then grab the mirror off the wall and try to use it to wash my face. And that's what too often we do. Um, The mirror of the law is to show me the dirt so that I don't reach for the law to try to find cleansing, but I turn to Christ who cleanses me instead of the law. So maybe um, what would be best is if we kind of fleshed out an example of of law versus grace, like what we might say to our child at varying ages that is law, and then what it might look like differently if it was done Grace-based. Yeah. Well, when they're younger, again, this is the uh, the purpose of the law. Um, Paul also tells us in Galatians is to serve as a tutor. It's a it's a corrective form of discipline. So our children cannot understand when they're younger why they're doing what they're doing. They can only understand if I do this, boom, there's going to be consequences. So, but then as they get older. Uh, and their minds do begin to mature and develop, then we begin to explain more and more why and ask why did they do this and help them to understand not just that they disobeyed, but why. Why did they disobey? Or why did they do what they know is wrong? And that's later in life as they grow older. But when they're younger, they just, it's just simply, here are the consequences. Here's what you're going to get if you do it. And that's the corrective part. But now I don't go back to the law to try to continue to correct them. Um, now we get to help them to understand their behavior and why they're doing what they're doing. And that's where you say grace comes in because if they just did wrong and then we just mete out punishment, like say, for example, um, kids on their cell phones, if they do something wrong, the most dreaded thing today for a teenager is for you to take their cell phone away. But taking their cell phone away isn't going to change their heart. Um, And so it's just a consequence. And so now we want to help them to understand their heart, understand why they're doing what they're doing And then now we can talk about the reality of what we talked about last episode, that there is redemption in Christ and that there is freedom and there is pardon and there is forgiveness. And that is the only way that they're going to learn how to live free. Well, and I think something you said, too, about um, when they're younger, they don't understand maybe what's going on in their heart, but teaching precedes understanding. And so we can help shape that in them. And so if we only just give law and then um, discipline according to law without helping them to understand why, why did you hit your brother? Like helping them understand because you were only thinking of yourself because you were, you know, like you cared 
only about what you wanted. You weren't loving your brother and, and help bring that out. Yes, but that takes work. <laughs> that takes time. And it's just so much easier to dole out punishment and then go back to doing what you want to do. It's an inconvenience on us. It, and so yeah. it's for parents uh, to discipline correctively and redemptively, it takes time. It takes you dying to yourself for the good of your children. Well, that exposes our own sin because why do we not want to do that? I mean, it is hard work and it's exhausting and it does. It takes us away from our own agenda. Exactly. (laughs) And so it exposes really what we want is our own just peace. And so I think that's why so often it's just like a quick, Quick. punitive, you know, like whatever. Yeah. And then we look, you know, if you have more than one kid, it's like, okay, why'd you hit your brother? Well, because he took my toy. Okay, give the toy back and then move on with it. Instead of dealing with, well, why did you take the toy? Or for the one whose toy was taken, why did you not share your toy? Exactly. Because it goes both, <laughs> it goes both ways. ways. Yes. And I mean, gosh, I remember how exhausting those days were. <laughs> but I will say, I mean, now having older kids, like that laid the foundation where, I mean, of course, we're all going to sin until glory. But our kids had that foundation where they are, they began to understand their heart. They knew that sin was more than just their outward behavior. And so yeah. now as teenagers, we can go straight there and get to that. Yes. And they understand that because yes. we've already laid those that foundation yeah. and, and created those categories, so to speak. And so yes. I will say that doing that really hard, exhausting work when they're younger, it does make the teen years... I won't say easy, certainly not, but easier. No. <laughs> I mean, it's hard yes. <laughs> and it's not going to be foolproof and like, oh, if we follow this formula, then it's going to all be great. Yes. Absolutely not. But you've, you've created those categories. And so now you have um, real conversations and that's where then you usher in grace because you understand and identify with each other in the idols. Yeah. And that's what I was going to elaborate on yeah one of the categories the main category is is dealing with idolatry um idolatry is not just bowing down to a statue um in some other country uh idolatry is something has taken god's place in my heart and i want it more than i want god um nobody breaks commands two through ten without breaking the first commandment And that's where that's the root. So as we say, there's a sin underneath the sin. And so we want to develop a way of helping them to see what is that sin underneath the sin. And that's what I mean. It's more than mere behavior. It's why. You know, whether it be approval, not wanting to look bad in front of somebody. That's why I gave in to the peer pressure. Well, you were putting more of an emphasis and value on what your friends thought than on on what God thinks. And, and so if we're law-driven, then we miss that. We miss yeah. those conversations. And I think that's when, you know, our kids then go off to college and they have no understanding of their heart. They don't know why they do the things they do. Mm-hmm. I think so often as adults, we don't know why we do the things we do because we don't know what's ruling our hearts. We don't see it as the idolatry that it is. One thing I was going to bring up too um, Besides parenting our own kids up to the teen and college years, which is where we are now, um, we used to do, as Pete mentioned on episode one, um, college ministry. And 
in many ways, that served to shape our parenting because we saw firsthand the effects of law-driven parents on kids. Mm -hmm. Um, We saw the effects of the failure to live redemptively. So uh, I don't know, Pete, maybe just speak a couple minutes about some of your observations from ministering to some of those students and just being around students in general um, as they came into the freedom of college if they had only had law-driven parenting. Yeah, Uh, and this was doing campus ministry at a quote-unquote Christian university. So most of the kids that came there, they knew Christianese, they knew the language, they knew how to play the game. And when they got to college for the first time, the restraints, um, the curfews, the being under their parents' rule and in their house is now removed. And so for the first time, they have freedom to make their own choices and a lot of them abuse the freedom that they have, wanting to experience uh, the things that they were not allowed to experience in high school. and Or that they were sneaky about. That they were sneaky, the exactly, exactly. And then now I find a group in college that I don't have to sneak, sneak around that anymore because... I'm not going to feel as guilty because they're doing the same thing as me. Well, and I think that plays into, I mean, statistics say that 70 to 80% of kids who grow up in the church leave the church upon college and yeah. adulthood. And I absolutely believe that it's it's our law-driven approach mm-hmm. that um, makes that the case. Yeah, because again, they get to college and now when they're experiencing their freedom for the first time, they're actually beginning to realize that they might not be as good as they thought they were. And so when they wrestle with that, they look around and it doesn't look like other people are struggling the same way that they are. So that's when they learn how to hide and they and wear masks. so much shame. Oh man. Yeah. Yes. And so kids who have been told, here's what you need to do. Here's what a good Christian looks like. And here's how to live that way. All of a sudden, when they don't live that way, what do they do with their guilt? They don't know what to do with their guilt because they think God is angry with them. They think other Christians are going to be upset, mad, condemn, or reject them. So they avoid them. And anytime a student, if I met with regularly, all of a sudden, I didn't hear from them for a long time. I knew that they were struggling and that they were avoiding and... That's where it's like, no, Jesus is not like that. Uh, Come to him, return to him, and find the forgiveness and experience the reality of being forgiven by acknowledging what you've done. Well, it goes back to what we said in the first episode about, do we know that we're living under God's smile Mm -hmm. or are we living under his frown? And they don't because it's been fear and law and Christianity has just been moralistic. I mean, instead of... Yep. who Jesus is for us in life and in death. Yeah. We don't get that. Yeah. And the kids, and again, they, they leave the church because they realize I can't meet this standard. And because they have not been taught grace, because they have not been told that they can return to God, uh, they don't. And they stay away. And it kills them. It beats them up. They beat themselves up. And then they finally just reach a point and say, enough's enough. I can't do this, so why even try anymore? But the encouragement to you is 
we can help shape that yes. when they're so much younger so that this is not hopefully the case for your kid. Yes. Um, and even if it is, even when they do go astray and they sin, because if we've been in the habit of grace based, then they can, re- they know they can return, they return. Exactly. and we can have those honest conversations where we really have a deep relationship with our teens. Like yeah. I, I've found that it's been so encouraging with our daughter in college to really talk about these heart issues that I know would not be the case had she just been under law. Yeah. So um, this concludes this episode, but I'm really excited about next episode. We're going to talk about um, two categories of sin, elder brother and younger brother. And I think that those are other categories that are so important mm-hmm. in instilling in our kids um, from as young as age as possible So again, thank you for joining us today. Um, If this was helpful for you, I would love for you to go leave a review or to tell your friends about it. Um, You can find the next four, well, the first episode and the ones to come are all on my website, kristenhatton.com. Thanks for joining us. Say goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs)